It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. You're very welcome to Monday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Nice to be back with you after the week off, refreshed and raring to go. Big thank you to Cahal Dervin, who sat in for me on the show all last week. Thanks a million, Cahal. We've a, a lot to talk about on this afternoon's show. And I just want to remind you that our vet, Sinead Kelly, is with us at two o'clock today. So if you have any questions on your mind about your pet dog, cat, you know the usual, uh, get in touch with us now. 086-1800-658 is our text or WhatsApp number. Or you can call in now on 18. 18- 715-958. First up, this is Cancer Week, in case you didn't know. Yes, it's an awareness week about the disease that preoccupies a lot of time in terms of care and hospital research. You know all about it. There's an awful lot going on around uh, this particular disease because the aim is ultimately to find a cure, which is a big, big ask, but it's going on all over the place all the time. And Ireland is playing its part in this, and it's part of an international trial. It's called Ad Aspirin, and it's it's been launched to coincide with this week and we're going to find out a little more about it now from a man you know well on late lunch. He's synonymous with our oncology unit here in the regional hospital in Drogheda and much more besides and he's head of cancer trials in Ireland. I'm delighted to welcome back to late lunch Professor Brian Hennessy. Good afternoon Brian. Oh hi, thanks for thanks for having me on again. Not at all Brian, you're very welcome and thank you for taking this call because I know you're really really busy this afternoon. Tell us about this ad aspirin. Where has this come from? Well, aspirin, um, as, as we know, is used as a painkiller and it's also been used to prevent and treat heart attacks and strokes. There's a lot of evidence that it helps in, in that regard now. And in the course of all of that work that led to the evidence for aspirin being good for thinning the blood and reducing the risk of heart attacks and strokes, it, it was noticed that people may be less likely to develop cancers or, or those people who develop cancers may be less likely to have it return. So this study has been designed to formally look at that observation and see if it's actually true in a study designed to actually test that in people with who, who have been or are being treated for early stage cancer. We're going to give them aspirin um, for five years and formally see, formally test if aspirin actually does reduce the risk of their cancer coming back. 
So isn't that interesting, Brian, the heart being one issue? I have to tell you, I, I take it every day myself. I take aspirin uh, since I had a cardiac incident over 10 years ago. So I take the little tablet meticulously every day. So it's interesting that one uh, area of uh, care and maintenance ha- has led to this as well. Now, you mentioned there five years. It's a long trial, this one. How many people will be involved? So internationally, the, the trial will take place here in the UK and India, and we're aiming to enroll actually 11,000 people overall um, to see if, if aspirin actually does in, in improve cure rates for early stage cancer. And are these um, all people, Brian, who, will, will there be people who haven't had cancer here or will all of these people be people who have had a cancer experience? These are all people who have been or are being treated for early stage cancer. Um, and the cancers that we're looking specifically at here in Ireland in the trial are um, breast cancer, bowel cancer, stomach and, and oesophageal cancer and prostate cancer. So men and women who have had treatment for or, or are undergoing treatment for those cancers are potentially eligible for this clinical trial of ad aspirin. Um, and we'll, we'll add aspirin to their treatment for five years. And then at the end of the trial, they'll be followed up for another up to 10 years and, and ultimately we'll be able to see if aspirin does improve cancer cure rate. Yeah, so this is a, a sizable block of work over an extended period of time. 11,000 sounds like a lot, will it? Are you confident you'll get the numbers? How many in Ireland will there be? Um, we're hoping to accrue about 300 in Ireland at least, mm. maybe more. Um, but we'll also, uh, we're, all, we're also accruing people, in, um, people with cancer in, in the UK and in India um, and there, obviously, the populations are much higher than, than, than what we have. So we would expect to um, enroll more people with cancer there. And uh, how do people get on board with this trial? Will this happen from your side of things, where people are in the system already and will they be approached? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are 10 um, hospitals around the country participating and most of the other hospitals around the country that people with cancer are linked to those 10. Um, so, for example, in our region, um, the Cancer Trials Unit in Beaumont is running the trial, and that gives access to people in North Dublin, North East, including people um, that we treat in, in the Lourdes Hospital in Brada. Um, so people just, just have to, um, if, if they're interested, ask their oncologist. But most oncologists in the country are participating in the trial so they'll all already be aware of it. Um, but, but that's all people have to do is ask their oncologist. OK, so if, they're, if they haven't been approached already, here's an opportunity to become part of this very exciting research. It's interesting, isn't it, Brian, the way this has materialised? And, and, and you, you work across, I know, the research spectrum here. This would be significant where, if it were to be proven that this were the case, Yes. It would be very significant, and there's a, a huge amount of excitement about this because, you know, aspirin is a people, everyone knows that it. it's a simple drug. It's been around for over 100 years. It's been, um, it just shows that, you know, drugs that are relatively simple have been around a long time. We don't know necessarily everything about them or what all their potential benefits are. And, you know, I suppose one, one, one criticism that's sometimes been, um, put on new cancer treatments sometimes is that they can be very expensive, some of them, because a lot of work and science has been put into trying to develop them. Well, this is, this is obviously a, um, an old drug, something that's very inexpensive, and, and it would 
um, have a major impact all around the world, including in, in um, I suppose, less well-off countries. Um, if it were to be show, if we were to be able to show that aspirin does um, definitely reduce or increase the, the, the chance of, of curing um, these early stage cancers. A couple of things, Brian. Um, what's the dose every day? So we're testing two different doses. Um, obviously, the 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 dose of aspirin can range from 75 to 300. So we're testing two different doses in the trial to see if I uh, to see if if it's if it's a dose specific effect or or if the dose um, doesn't matter because. Obviously, the, the potential side effects of aspirin, like heartburn and that, are potentially more common at higher doses. So we want to see if, if the lower doses might work just as well as the higher doses with less side effects. And I take it you need people who will take this meticulously, not take it today and leave it for a week or, you know, that type of thing. You, you really do need to take this every single day, yes? Oh, you do, absolutely. Um, and and um, I think it would be important to take it meticulously every day if, if, if we are to... To, to see the beneficial effects of it if they're there, um, I, 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 it's easy to, to 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 forget taking a medicine um, on a day. You know, uh, nobody's immune to that. But we really would um, appeal to people to to try and take it meticulously because without that, we're we're not going to see any potential beneficial effects mm. if they are there. The other thing I hear them saying, you know, it's an Irish question. Are these drugs sponsored, or will it cost me to be part of this trial? No, it it it, it never it never really costs to be part of a trial. This this trial is actually being funded. The, the drug itself, aspirin, is being provided by Bayer, um, the the pharmaceutical company. So that's provided free of charge. And the cost of running the trial is actually being the, the cost of the trial is being invested in in Ireland by the Health Research Board and the Irish Cancer Society. And in the UK, there's a number of um, agencies um, funding it as well, including the the um, Cancer Society um, there, and in India as well. So it's it's really um, a trial that's being funded by academic organisations um, in Ireland, the UK, and India. And the drug itself is being provided by pharmaceutical company Bayer. So it doesn't it won't cost somebody anything to be part of a trial and in general it sh- um, trials shouldn't cost um, money at least the trials that we mm. provide through Cancer Trials Ireland they're sponsored by by various sources Yeah really good to hear that Brian and just before I let you go I won't keep you much longer just a quick one Cancer Week the focus this week obviously uh, you welcome uh, this what, 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 what do you you know make of having a week dedicated to this to, to focus in on cancer itself Oh, I think it's really important just to raise awareness out there um, amongst people uh, about the different cancers and what people can do to minimise their risk and what people can do if they or a relative were, God forbid, to be diagnosed with cancer. And also it allows us to raise awareness of the importance of, of research and trials in, in allowing us to take the battle or continue to take the battle to cancer and, and try and get you know, cure rates higher than than what they are at the moment and, and the cure rates now are higher than they've ever been because of because of awareness and research and and the the um, interest and effort that the public go to to participating in trials and that public organizations go to um, in terms of funding cancer research you know 
all of that is essential for us to make progress in the battle against cancer. Good to hear it, Brian. Listen, thank you very much. I appreciate always your time, which is very precious. And good luck uh, with the new trial and to everybody who takes part in it as well. And keep up the great work. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for for your time. Thanks a lot. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Professor Brian Hennessy there. We know him well from the oncology unit here in the northeast, and he's head of cancer trials Ireland as well. Very interesting one that with the aspirin. I was sh- saying there, Sinead, I take aspirin, a little aspirin. It's, I think yeah. it's a seventy-five. I take every day, and I do take it meticulously. I have to take it with two others as well. And since I had the cardiac issue myself many years ago, but it's interesting to see the way you know that link is spotted across from cardiac. Uh, to cancer as well and the way this is going to unfold now very very interesting but indeed. even the fact that it's just a, like it's a household drug for yes, want of a better thing like right. isn't it groundbreaking to yeah, even realise yeah. that something this yeah, small that we kind of take for granted could have this profoundly yeah. amazing you know success it's absolutely brilliant it, it, it's great to hear it Anyway, you, you, the house was all right. You kept the shop open last week. Well, we, no the shop kept, was kept well open and ran well, I think. But uh, we, we did miss you and oh, your sunny you? disposition oh, there. Yeah, thanks, yeah. You've thanks. brought some of the sun back, which is well from <laughs> Italy. A little bit. Oh, my God, such a holiday. I have to say I've been in quite a number of places in Italy in my time. Fortunate to be in. Went to Sicily this time round to Termina in the northeast of Italy. Oh, God, Sinead, such Great a great place. Twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Oh, God. <laughs> Meanwhile, we were in a flipping storm. I heard, I heard <laughs> the Almost blown away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I have to say, it, it was a lovely and, and break. Do tell us about the food, because, of course, that's what I'm interested in. Um, I have to say, the food was just... <laughs> what can you say about Italian food? I had everything under the sun. <laughs> of course you I did. tried every pasta I could. Pizzas, fish, you name it. It's now, just don't they Don't they do their pasta? pasta a little differently though because I know if you're like myself we're not really supposed to load like the pasta onto a plate like so say for example if we're having our carbonaras or we're having our spaghetti bolognese we go for lashings whereas they kind of only do the palm of their hand sort of in portion sizes don't well, they? Well here's the thing brought a little thing home with us and a couple of them for the family as well it's like a ruler you know a ruler a wooden, yeah. a wooden ruler Yeah. and there are four round holes in it okay yeah. the smallest one at the bottom is one portion of pasta the next hole up, slightly bigger, is two, three, and four. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's holes in the ruler. So when you're going to cook your pasta, if you're just doing it for yourself, you just put the pasta into the first hole, that amount, and into the pot, and that's one portion of pasta. And would it fill the hole oh, in your tooth, or would it... Listen, when I tell you, it's just right. You're exactly what you say. It's yeah. the right portion. Do you never notice that with pasta rice when you cook it? You cook too much. Way too much. And then much. the birds are messy yet in the house when there's too much Well, there's there. always too much, but, but mm. like definitely, with at least with rice, you could sort of, yeah. you know, you could do maybe like an Half egg fried rice. And, or, yeah. you know, and you, you have over. I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, you are right as well. But my God, it is such a place for food and such a... I, 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 the place we were staying is built into the side of a mountain. And honest oh, to wow. God, when you looked out on the bay in front of you, Mount Etna up on the right hand side, it was up on the volcano. That for Any a trip good? up into it. It's like being, I suppose, see one rock, see them all. <laughs> it's a bit Jerry. like the moon. It's it's black, you know what I mean? <laughs> I took packed two pieces of Mount Etna with me, two little pieces of rocks I did just as a souvenir as well. Uh, and, and that one is, that's a, no, it's not extinct, is it? Or is it? I it's think dormant. she still rumbles there oh, a God. bit. Yeah, up at the top she does. You'd never know. I'll tell you, if that went again, See all them places we're talking about down there? Destroyed. Oh, it'd be gone. Yeah, the whole day, place yeah. would certainly be gone. But uh, it was a lovely week. Had would you go back? Would you? Day. I'd go back in the morning.
I mean, well, that. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go back in the morning. I really enjoyed it that much. We just said when we were coming away that it was one of the most special places we've ever been and enjoyed so much. So it is something I, I would consider again. And Cicely was was Sandra Finnegan, you know, yeah, Sandra from Globe, who recommended yeah. it to me and said, you know, have you ever been? And at that time of the year when you're going, it's a lovely place. Well, by God, was she bang on? It, she really was, and stayed in a lovely place in that as well. But my God, it was just one of those weeks that and they fly by. Do you know what I mean? You're oh, they there fly. and it's over before yeah, you know yeah. it. And we met some lovely people. Met people from Newfoundland when we were there with Irish connections and I have all their details and I want to say hello they may be listening today to us I'm not sure Tommy and Maeve Fee from Banbridge in Northern Ireland oh they're great people Tommy I won't tell you his age but he, he's retired a few years he ran the Dublin Marathon last year you want to see him what a what a man he is and his lovely Maeve with him as well we met them on holidays there and other people from Boron in County Down you know the way when you go anywhere you meet oh, people yeah. with connections yeah. and, and you know would you keep up now would you keep up correspondence well, or is it like one of these things where you meet them no, on the holiday I'll, and you I'll just you what, sort of... I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Two things. Certainly I'll be in touch with Tommy and Maeve. That's for sure. There's no doubt about that. I have the details. And the people from Newfoundland, I got their information as well. Do you know there's great fishing in Newfoundland? <laughs> yeah. do you know? You're always thinking ahead, Jerry. There's great I hear fishing you. Yeah, in yeah. that neck of the woods. You know what I mean? So you never know when you make contacts down the road who or what or whatever, you know. But anyway, that's it. it, it over for another year. Refreshed and rare and to go for the new term now. We won't feel it, will we? No. Oh, we won't feel it. Until the jingle bells are oh, going. Oh, I'll tell you. But Sinead, what about Tiger Woods? Oh, I was bleary. I'd only got back yesterday, but I stayed up to watch the golf. Tiger Woods won. He won the Tour Championship last night. And well, now, I know I'm, I don't know a huge amount about sport, but I did see why is everyone going on about I'll Tiger Woods why. again. So I logged in and I found yeah, yeah. You see, like his life has been all over the place. His yeah. personal life, his professional life. It looked like he'd never play again. Five years since he won a tournament. Tiger Woods is Mr. Golf. They, I don't care about any of these young guns or anything. He's the man. You want to see? Did you see the scenes last night around the final Are green you when he for went for real? I wouldn't oh, be looking at that. Well, listen, I was looking at them through one eye, half falling asleep. And you see, Justin Rose, a, a, a brilliant golfer, lovely lad from England as well. Oh, what a fantastic golfer he is! Won what's called the FedEx Cup. It's the big prize in America at the end of the year. He won ten million dollars oh last God. night. Sinead. What would you do? You'd think he won a tenner. <laughs> because everybody wanted Woods. He won the actual event. You see, yeah. the other was over a number of events that, that Rose won it. You'd think that, honest to God, but like Woods winning his 80th title, if there was another major this year, he'd win it. He's away to the Ryder Cup, which is this coming weekend. Europe take on America in Paris. Looking forward to that. But, uh, oh my God, Woods winning last night. I was thrilled for him. I really made my day yesterday. But does, does it come to a point now where he needs to just go out on a high? Or how does that work when it comes to golf? Oh, he's not going it's different, out. like, you hold know, on, isn't it, from other sports? It is. Well, he can go on a bit. You know what I mean? Like, at his age, even he can go on and he'll, he'll win again. We want him back next year to win one of the majors. You know what I mean? There's four majors in the year. We want Tiger to win a major. That is the big one that everyone now is waiting for. But there you have it. That's my Tiger Woods fan club insert on Late Lunch this afternoon. Well, we've just gotten a little text. Can I just say? <laughs> I want to know who this person is because we often get this text coming in. Okay. Only 92 sleeps to go. Santa's Ooh. little helper. Ho, ho, ho. And it's not Maggie Maguire, our resident no. Christmas expert, because that's is. not her number. But I really would love to no, know who that is. Don't. And I never want to know. I just want to leave it as one of those things that you never know. It's the mystery of Christmas and Santa Claus, etc. Won't be long now. Anyway, we better head to our first break and late lunch. Afterwards, we're going to uh, talk to a man who's trying to help somebody and a family who are desperately in need in Dundalk. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. John McCabe Motors RD Quality Assured Used Cars Buy any Assured Used Car at John McCabe Motors RD this month and receive three free tickets for our Cars for Clubs draw to win a brand new Nissan Micra. That's nine chances to win a new Micra. So call in today. John McCabe Motors RD Where your money goes the extra mile. Caffrey's Natural Stone and Monumental Works Marsh Road, Drogheda. Over 50 years in the natural stone business have the largest indoor showroom in Ireland with hundreds of headstones on show at keenest prices. We also carry out headstone renovation work countrywide. Caffrey's Natural Stone and Monumental Works Marsh Road, Drogheda. A family-run business for over 50 years. Brochure available. See caffreystone.com for details. The fastest way to awesome is here with Virgin Media. Ireland's fastest in-home Wi-Fi is now available in Dundalk. And let me tell you, it's a flyer. Even faster than the snack bosses flying out of your local chipper on a Friday night. Hook your house up to awesome entertainment with our super-fast broadband. Binge on must-see virgin box sets and movies and get all your favorite TV channels for only €49 a month for 12 months. Search Virgin Media Dundalk. Terms and conditions apply. Subject to availability. See virginmedia.ie. €89 a month thereafter. Ireland's fastest in-home Wi-Fi as awarded by UCLA. Virgin Movies pay by title. Offer ends 2nd of October 2018. The HPV vaccine protects girls from getting cervical cancer when they grow up. More than 200,000 girls in Ireland have safely received the HPV vaccine. The vaccine will be offered free to all girls in their first year of secondary school. I got the HPV vaccine. I've got the HPV vaccine. I got the HPV vaccine. Find out how safe and effective the HPV vaccine is at hpv.ie. Get the vaccine. Protect our future. From the HSE. With just five games remaining, these are the moments that will decide the 2018 League of Ireland title. It's Dundalk versus Derry City this Tuesday night, and three points are vital. Be heard. Be part of the story. Help drive Stephen Kenny's men across the line for a 13th league title. Dundalk v Derry City at Oriel Park, Tuesday at the later kickoff time of 8pm. Tickets available at the gate. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drogheda, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Ingrida Masiokaite was attacked and murdered at her apartment on Linenhall Street in Dundalk last week and a man has been arrested and charged with the murder. A man who knew her very well is Eugene Garvey. He's a neighbour and he's on the line. Hello, Eugene. Hi, Eugene. Hi, uh, Jerry. How are you, how are you keeping? Eugene, uh, thank, you, thank you for joining us on the show. Y- you knew Ingrida. What was she like? How well did you know her? Yeah, she was a neighbour. I come from a community in Nandal called Nicholas Avenue. Um, we, we don't really have neighbours down here. We're all family. Uh, we all look after one another. So I, I knew her from past, and I would have said a height, or I would have said a low. To say I knew, know her very well is probably a stretch, um, but I, I definitely knew her in past. And, um, she, she's a lovely lady. She was involved in the community too, uh, like myself, were uh, both involved and involved in the tenants. So she would have helped out in the neighbourhood clean-up. Um, she would have went on one of her trips to Taylor Park with our beautiful children. Um, 
should have been interested in gardening any time I was walking up the street and saying good morning to her, I'd see her at, uh, looking after all her flowers and her pots in the, in, in the garden. Mm. She was just a, a lovely lady. The, the the biggest thing in her life, like it is in most of our lives, when we're parents, was our children. So that was that was a major driver in life. Mm. But you did, well, even describing what she was into there, Eugene, part of the community, taking part, proud of where she lived as well. And, you know, that's the way people live nowadays. You're not in each other's pockets, but you, you well, knew her as well, I'm sure, as many did. I'm sure it came to an, oh, awful, yeah. as an awful shock last week, what happened to all of you there. It was terrible, yeah. Those neighbours that couldn't—they couldn't find the words, and they couldn't get to sleep that night. Um, like them situations, they're, they're never nice in any family. I've unfortunately I've suffered them myself and my own. Mm. Um, but it's it, it's something we, you, you don't really want to think about. The guards are obviously looking after the situation themselves now, um, and the case is being dealt with. It's more just to see what we can do as a community to help. So. Like she was taken away in the in the greatest kind of evil, um, but we really just want to remember in the greatest kind of love. So we set up kind of the GoFundMe page and and that to try and just do something. Um, both both ourselves have done that, and then the Lithuanian community group and Dundalk, they have set up a PayPal account as well. All the all the money's uh, all all the money raised is going back to to our friend who's organising the the funeral at the moment, and she, then any excess money will be going to the children. Okay, she hasn't got. A, a, a lot of family even back home in Lithuania, has she? No, she she has an aunt in Lithuania and the aunt has given permission to her friend to bury her here. Um, the, the aunt uh, has said that it'll be, that uh, Ingrid made a home here and she made all her friends here. So it would be nice just to have a place here for her and more importantly for her children just to, to, to go to, as we all do for people we love. Mm. So this GoFundMe page has been set up. How How do we... Help? How how can we contribute? Yeah, well, LMFM was very good. I emailed them yesterday and they put it up on the website. So there's an article there already on the, on the news feed. Um, the GoFundMe page itself is called uh, Funeral um, Funeral of Ingrid uh, Fundraiser. So you'll be able to find it on, on GoFundMe that way. You can also find it via my Facebook. On, I'm Eugene Galvey, so you'll find it, you'll find it that way as well. And as I said, I said it. I said it. An emotional target of, of 6,000. Um, I'm sure the funeral probably won't cost that, but any excess money will go to the children. And look, you could, you could raise millions, but it's never going to replace a mother's love, as you know. Mm. So I, have, I, have children, I have children myself, and it was just heartbreaking just to think that the kids are there. Um, for those that are interested, the kids are currently being looked after, um, and the re- future arrangements for the children will be arranged, um, obviously through the, re- through the normal processes. Uh, but I'll ensure that any any excess money will, will go to the kids in whatever way. Mm. You know, you're really, really good. And you've had, I know you've had a, a really good response to this even already because it's touched so many people. Yeah, of course. It's the last time I checked, which was earlier on there today, there was about 2,200 raised. Um, yeah. I mean, it's something that, that affects all our lives. We all, unfortunately, face tragedy, some more than most. Um, and then when you have kids, it doesn't bear to think about kids being left alone and kids being left in them circumstances. And, Look, when the kids get older and, and they do Google off their mother, I don't want all them nasty headlines coming up with all the details. I want the headlines to come up that the community came together and she had a great send-off and that money was raised and that she was loved. I think that would be more important to see them headlines than, than obviously, the, the events that unfolded in the dark last week. Of course. Um, the funeral mm. arrangements for those uh, interested are also open RIP.ie currently. Um the funeral itself is going to take place on Wednesday in St Nicholas's at 11 o'clock mass and she's going to be reposed at Dixon's funeral parlour on Tuesday from 2 to 8. Um, so again, 
I, I call on the community to kind of come along and support it and, and just show first your outrage and stuff like this and then um, also just show how much he was cared for. Uh, obviously, I'd ask in terms of GoFundMe that if people can firstly contribute if they can and if they can't, just to share it and uh, spread the word for the other people that may be able to contribute. If there's any business people that would like to contribute, they can do it via the GoFundMe or the, they can possibly find their de- my details through the station there if, if yeah. that's all right with yourself. Yeah, we have them, Eugene. Listen, you're very good and well done to everybody down there in this coming together. And uh, we remember and agree that this afternoon on the show and uh, may she rest in peace and that the children are cared for and looked after beyond this. One other thing I just wanted to mention I was saying to your researcher is obviously these headlines, um, they obviously make the news and these are the end results of kind of what can happen with domestic violence. So Mm. I think it's important that... Like the scary facts out there, like one in three people, one in three women are going to be affected by domestic violence at some stage in their life. That there's 35, generally a woman will be abused 35 times, whether that's mentally, physically, before they actually go and seek help. So it's important that if there's anyone out there that need help, that they go look for it. And, and I was chatting to your colleagues, I think they're going to put the details up on their website afterwards. Well, yeah. The likes of women's aid and everything else. And if there's any friends of people out there that believe others have been affected don't talk to them it's better to do the talking and to report it even if you're suspicious than to actually wonder afterwards what if Mm. very important message to get across and I have the details here I'm going to give them out now and we do have them along with the GoFundMe on lmfm.ie Eugene thank you for joining us today Thanks very much for your time, Not at all. You're very welcome. That's uh, yes. Eugene Garvey there. And we remember in Greda, Masio Kaite on late lunch this afternoon. All the details are on the LMFM page there. If you can help the GoFundMe at all. And she will rest in Dundalk forevermore. Amen. And her children now are the next... Uh, the next big thing that they are looked after and it's really, really sad time for the family and everybody concerned. And you can hear how it's impacted on the local community on the ground in the dock there through Eugene. I just want to mention and reiterate what he said there a moment ago. If you are affected by uh, anything we've been talking about there, if you are in a scenario of domestic violence, there's a lot of information on whatwouldyoudo.ie. That's whatwouldyoudo.ie. All the services and who you should contact are available there for anybody listening this afternoon. We're heading to news and weather at two. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. One of our trusted and great regulars is back with me on Late Lunch today. I always love it when she comes calling. Yes, Vet Sinead Kelly is here. Sinead, very good to see you Hi, again. it's good to be here, Jerry. Thank Thanks. you very much for joining me. Now, if you have a question for Sinead, here's your chance. She's with us for the next half hour or so. 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. Or you can call in if you wish on 1857-15958. We have them lining up already for you, Sinead. And I, I think this is one we may have talked about in the past, but let's talk about it again because it's concerning somebody. It said, hi Jerry. we're moving house shortly. The new house is about three to four miles away from where we're living at the moment. We have a cat and our friends are saying to us, you need to be careful with the cat because they're going to have to be considered in this move. Now, what do you say to that listener there? Is it important to take that on board when you are shifting? Definitely. I mean, it is stressful for a cat moving house because their house is their territory, is their home, so they're going to get very unsettled when you bring them to a new house. So what I suggest you do is um, you make sure that in the new house, 
that there's somewhere nice and safe, a little hidey hole where you can put the cat's favourite bed or favourite blanket that the cat can retreat to and hide, that the litter tray uh, is somewhere nice and safe and, and, and where the cat can get away to to use the litter tray. Same for the food bowl and the water bowl. Um, and I probably wouldn't let the house out of the new house for, let the cat out of the new house probably for about maybe three or four weeks until the cat has firmly embedded itself in the new house. It's decided this is territory, this is home. And then start by letting it out in the garden little by little. Just maybe let the cat out when you're with it in the garden, then come back in with the cat. And don't let the cat have free reign outside, probably for about a month after you move. And the other thing that's very helpful is a feelyway diffuser. Um, I've mentioned these before. The feelyway, it's this thing called cat appeasing pheromone. It's like a synthetic form of the little pheromones that cats produce when they rub themselves and they rub their scent glands up against different against us or against other cats. And this produces a very calming influence in the in the environment. So you can get a feelyway diffuser from your vets. Um, I think you can probably get, get them in some pet shops as well. You just plug them in and they produce this hormone. It's very calming for the cat. So make sure there's I know that the change is going to be the new house, but make sure that everything else is the same. So make sure the cat has its usual bed, usual blankets. Sometimes even, although normally cats hate going in their cat boxes, leave the cat box somewhere safe under the bed with the door open that the cat can go in and retreat in there and have somewhere to kind of hide and feel safe because the cat will feel under threat in a new place until they've kind of kept themselves settled in. God, that's quite a period of time when you it say is, weeks yeah. and then a month out of that. Yeah. But if you let that cat out on its own without supervision and not bringing it back in, does every likelihood then you're saying to me it could wander? could wander. It could get lost, quite simply, or it could try and get back to the old house and get lost. The other thing to think about is that almost certainly there'll be cats in that area who have their own territory. So when your cat does start going outside, you may find that your cat is treading on the toes of a neighbourhood moggy who's the moggy in charge. So again, you might be surprised to find, or don't be surprised to find, that maybe there might be some fisticuffs between your cat and the local cat's until that all settles down. So definitely go with the minimising stress with everything else. There you have it. Important to take on board with a house move. Uh, Sinead, I've heard you speak in the past about exercise for dogs. We have a Jack Russell and quite a large garden and he's always out there running about chasing birds, acting the maggot, etc. Is that enough exercise for him? No, no. It's nice he has a nice garden, but you really, if you think about dogs' ancestors, you know, like wolves, hyenas, jackals, wild dogs, they spend their entire day running around and looking for food and scavenging and looking for things. And those traits that the wild dogs had are still in our domestic dogs. They have this need to be out and about, to be hunting, to be sniffing, to be trying to find things, to be looking for food. And that's what we're doing with our dog when we bring them for a walk. And they have this drive to go out and investigate and explore and see what's what. And so really, just that it's not just the physical exercise for for your dog's legs to tire them out. It's also the mental stimulus that they're getting to see a new place, to sniff new sniffs, to smell different smells, to hear different sounds. And that's really, really important. So it's great your dog has a garden. That's fabulous. But your dog still needs structured exercise. Now, even if you can only manage two half hour walks a day, but just to get that dog out of the house somewhere where there's, you know, lots of other stuff going on is just so beneficial for the dog's physical health and mental health. Because otherwise they do just get bored. And, and often you find dogs that are on, the, on their own in the garden, they kind of, they, they, they run up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. They kind of have this little lonely furrow that they, that they plough, which is where they're going up and down the whole time, the same time. And that's not as good as, as going out for a walk. So definitely you need to go out for walks as well. If you're struggling for walking the dog because of your work, there's lots and lots of dog walkers out there. Look them up on the internet or have a look in your local yellow pages um, or contact your local vet. They'll probably have some numbers for some dog walkers um, that you can pay some euro, a few euro and get the dog walked for you. It'd be very good. I can vouch for that with Messi. If he misses a day or so, he becomes... He they knocks just the go bins mad. over. Yeah, they just he go does, mad. He does destructive yeah, things. That, yeah. that, that is so true. So there you are. Not enough in the garden. You need to walk that Jack Russell as well. Oh, lots of questions coming for you here. Uh, hi, Jerry and Sinead. We have a Jack Russell and he never stops coughing and choking. 
what could be up with him, says Barry. Okay, uh, I wonder how long it's been going on for. It sounds like it's been going on for a long time. Um, Some smaller dogs can have a problem with their windpipe or their trachea where it collapses inwards when they're breathing in. And so if it's been a really chronic cough and the dog is otherwise well, it could be a collapsing trachea. If it's a cough that's maybe shorter lasting than that, it could be that he's picked up kennel cough, which is an infectious disease that causes like little bacteria and viruses that cause inflammation, irritation of the upper airways. Or you could have other conditions that cause a cough, so maybe like a heart problem or a primary lung problem. But essentially you need to go to the vet and get the dog checked out. The, the vet will listen to the dog's heart and lungs and see what's going on, maybe even advise some chest x-rays. But it's not normal to be coughing. It's not a normal thing. I mean, the occasional you know cough to clear their throat in the same way that we would do is fine. But if they're coughing daily on a regular basis, then you need to get checked out of the vet. Margaret's been on from RD. Thank you for your question. I have a small Pomeranian with very bad breath. Is there anything I can do? It seems to get worse all the time. Yeah, I mean, the, probably the answer is coming from the teeth and gums. So small breed dogs and Pomeranians would be one of those. Um, they, they tend to eat mainly soft food. Uh, they tend not to have their teeth brushed by their owners. They tend not to be great at chewing kind of bones and things like that. And they get a buildup of plaque and tartar on their teeth. So if Margaret lifts up the dog's lips and has a look, she'll probably see and smell where everything's coming from. And the only solution to that is to go and have a chat to your vet and get the dog booked in to have a dental done under anaesthetic to get those teeth scaled and polished and then maybe learn a little bit about dental care and see can you brush the dog's teeth in in future or can you get some Nyla bones or some other synthetic dog toys that the dog will chew to kind of clean the teeth a bit better or as I say whether you can learn to clean the dog's teeth but I would say that the, the most likely cause of smell from the mouth is teeth and gums. Okay, and that needs to be attended yeah, it does to need professionally. To be to. I mean, gonna... apart from being horrible for you, mm. it's horrible for the dog. Mm. It's also, it's very painful. If you've ever had gum disease yourself, it is very painful. So you have gum erosion, you have bacteria and plaque at your gums. It also acts as a source of infection for the rest of the body. So it can cause uh, problems with the heart valves because the bacteria can get um, spread around the, the, the dog's bloodstream and cause problems with the heart valves. So it can cause lots of problems. So definitely need to get it checked out. Jack's been on from Cullen. Uh, thank you for your message to us this afternoon. Jerry, will you ask Sinead, are essential oils poisonous or harmful to cats or dogs? I use an essential oil diffuser and I read online recently that the oils poison them. Is this true? Um, well, I mean, it, they'd be fine to, I would say, if they're just getting, uh, you know, exposure to the essential oils through the diffuser, I think that's probably fine. But if they do ingest them, depending on which intense in, in essential oil it is, then some of them can cause problems and some of them can be toxic so I would say that you need to keep the diffuser well out of reach of the cat and the dog because say if the cat goes rubbing up against it they can absorb some of the essential oils and they can be toxic so some of them can be toxic if ingested or if absorbed through this through the the mucous membrane so definitely just have it up out of reach of uh, from the animals. What's the best way to teach my kitten to use the litter box? This is an old chestnut, but I'll do it for you. I'll put it to her again today, Sinead. Yeah, OK. Well, what you need to do is you need to have um, the litter tray. You need to have a few litter trays around the house and you need to have the, the uh, an easy accessible litter tray that the kitten can easily get into and out of. Um, make sure there's plenty of nice litter, that it's cleaned out regularly, that it's nice and quiet and calm. There's nothing. It's not in front of the telly or it's not the kids aren't racing around around it. Just so the cat, cats are n- naturally fastidious creatures and they want to go to the toilet in a very quiet, private place. So you just need to make sure that you have a couple of litter trays around or maybe even more. Um, and then what you can do is after every feed that the cat uh, has, place the cat in the litter tray and see if there's any poos or peas come out um, and just get that cat into the habit of pooing and peeing in the litter tray. And they will, I mean, normally they, they are encouraged to go to litter. The other thing that might encourage them sometimes is if you pick up some soil from the garden and put some soil in the litter tray, that can help as well. But they will pick it up quite quickly. I wouldn't worry too much about that. OK, Maureen, nice to hear from you this afternoon on in touch with us uh, from Drawhard to say my dog doesn't seem to drink that much water how can I make sure she's getting enough? 
Yeah, I mean, normally it's, it'd be very unusual for a dog not to drink enough water unless it was sick for other reasons. So say you had, uh, dogs can become dehydrated if they're maybe having vomiting or diarrhoea uh, or if they're not eating, for example. If they're not drinking, then on top of all those things, they can become dehydrated. A lot of the time, owners will often say to me they don't notice the dog drinking a huge amount um, because dogs get a lot of moisture in their food if they're on wet food or if they're on, uh, say, chicken or if they're on, uh, say, other wet food. If they're mainly on dry food, then you should really notice the dog drinking. So uh, maybe just monitor, I mean, what you can do is, is get a measuring jug, uh, pour a measured amount of water into the bowl and see how many millilitres the dog drinks in a 24-hour period. And if, if the dog is accompanying this lack of drinking with a loss of eating and vomiting and diarrhoea, then it's something to bring the dog to your vet for. Otherwise, it's, it's probably perfectly normal. And they, they tend to ing- drink enough water to, to keep themselves hydrated as long as they're otherwise healthy. Yeah, just make sure your water supply is always topped up because it's something we can forget. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly, well. exactly. And fresh water every day. So they tend to like fresh water every day. So just, you know, empty out your water bowl every morning and put fresh water in every day. Hi Sinead, we have a three-year-old female cat. Uh, we love her deeply, but my husband believes that she's a bit lonely or looks a bit lonely at times. We're thinking of getting a second oh, cat. Oh no! Okay, now we we kind of have it all wrong here. What we do with uh, with animals? A lot of people keep dogs singly and keep multiple cats. And actually, what's been shown is that the more cats you introduce into the household, the more stress levels rise for each cat. So cats are not normally cat social creatures so there is a very strong risk that you could get another cat for this cat and they might not get on at all and they might at best tolerate each other and at worst really dislike each other so cats tend to like um, they like going outside so hopefully the cat has got access to the outside they like having somewhere nice and cosy inside and maybe a few little toys you can get for cats and they like interaction with you so really as long as the cat has got human interaction and human company has some toys has like a scratching post and also has access to the garden that should be enough for your cat. I, I would be reluctant to introduce a new cat into the equation because they tend to not greet each other, cat, greet new cats with a huge amount of joy and affection. They actually see them as a threat and they see them as a, as a you know, a, it's going to upset the apple cart a wee bit. So I would be very reluctant to get a new cat because you're thinking your cat's lonely. I would maybe more try and enrich the environment that the cat has with cat-friendly toys and with your presence ra- and with going outside rather than getting a new cat. So multiple dogs, solo cats. That's the message exactly, from Sinead yeah. this afternoon. Keep them coming to us. I'll give you the numbers again. You still have time. We're going to a short break. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your questions for Sinead. Or if you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. Late lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault dealer of the year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty. Two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Sinead Kelly, our vet, is with us on late lunch today answering your questions. Sinead, here's one uh, that's come in from Mick this afternoon. Uh, Jerry, will you ask Sinead about life stage food for dogs and what's her opinion on them? I know what he's getting at there, yeah. Yeah, no, what you'll often see in the pet shops or maybe even in your vets uh, is you'll see different uh, different foods for of, of a particular brand for, say, puppies up to six months, then from six to 12 months, then from for adults, and then for seven plus for what they call the seniors. So they kind of class you as being senior once you get about seven. And yes, there is actually a lot of scientific, you know, research and everything behind them. I mean, as we can all imagine, you know, puppies, young, actively growing dogs, they're going to need higher levels of uh, calcium and vitamin D. They're going to need um, higher protein levels. They're going to need higher energy levels. Um, dogs or, or cats, once they have are fully skeletally mature, their their needs are going to change. They're not going to need so much calcium and vitamin D. They're not going to need so much protein. Um, and dogs and cats, once they get to seven or 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. They're going to have actually, they, their, their kidneys start to struggle a little bit dealing with protein and phosphorus and potassium. And so they need to have these uh, ingredients kind of restricted a little bit. Uh, also, when our animals are neutered, uh, it's also beneficial to go on a, on a kind of a neutered diet, which kind of, again, reduces your calories and your energy because your metabolism can slow down a little bit. So there is a rationale to all of them. So what you should really do is go and have a look, read the back of the packet, which is always very good. And then if you go to any of the big reputable pet shops, have a chat with the, with the shop assistant there about the different kind of food. I mean, Cleo, I have put on to a senior diet now, um, now that she's well over seven now at this stage. And I just feel if you can do anything to kind of help them maybe stay healthier for a little bit longer, um, then it's a good idea. So there is definitely definitely scientific research behind them. And especially the senior ones, because certainly as they get older, the, the kidneys struggle a little bit. So anything that helps the kidneys is a good idea. Here's a lovely one. I just love this message. Okay. Made. I don't know. Who, oh, it is. Patricia sent it in from the dog today. Hello, Patricia. I have a five-year-old dog, says Patricia. He eats an apple bun every day. Is this harmful? Okie dokie. When she says an apple bun, does she mean the apple core? Does she mean an apple in a bun? Yeah, I'd say it's a bun, you know, with apple in it. You okay. can get, you know, an apple flavour yeah. and other species okay. of apple in oh, the bun. Oh, an apple. Oh, right. You know okay, yes. So I know what you mean. Pastry. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I I would worry about the sugar and fat levels in the in the pastry, that that might be a little bit much for the dog. Um, so, I mean, I would say probably as a bit of a treat, it's probably okay. But, I mean, there are certain dogs that if you gave them one bun to, then that could trigger pancreatitis or trigger gastritis. So, in a lot of dogs that would be enough to trigger vomiting and diarrhea mm. obviously in your dog it's not yeah. but I would think about it as a high calorie item so I don't know what your dog's physique is like at the moment but if your dog is maybe any way overweight again that's just as dangerous for, for them as it is for us um, and I would kind of say well just be careful a wee little bit maybe, in, maybe give a little piece of the apple bun or give the apple bun maybe only once a week something like that because again dogs are just not designed as well as, as we are um, for dealing with you know sugar or fatty kind of splurge and, and certainly they are very sensitive you know, sensitive their guts can be very sensitive to that so just be careful about that Yeah okay uh, Can you tell me where I can find a small dog or pup looking for a home You're big into rescue aren't oh, you Oh absolutely yeah so I mean there's loads and loads of rescue organisations in Drada you've got Drada Animal Rescue you've got similar rescue organisations in Dundalk you've got the Dogs Trust you've got the ISPCA um, you know you've got the DSPCA so you've got look at all these places will have pages on Facebook you can look up mm. definitely I always say try a rescue dog I mean don't go spending money on fancy dogs that have been bred for certain colour eyes or certain look of their ears or certain look of their tail you know just go and give a rescue dog a home because yes. there's so many of them in the pounds and in the different and the, you know the, the pounds are another great place to go as well um, but there's so many places so many dogs that are looking for homes and cats as well so go to the rescue organisations and Sinead is right we know in Navin Drogheda and Dundalk the main towns in the North East yeah. there are rescue organisations they'll have the local there, ones and, and they, you'll have all yeah, the information there. do go and rescue that dog and tell us about it when, when you do as well uh, Claire was on about the different type of foods a senior dog needs you've, you've covered that already yeah the absolutely yeah, foods yeah, as well. yeah, yes. yeah definitely so that's definitely a good idea because as I say just as they get older their their kidneys aren't as good at dealing with protein and phosphorus and they need a little bit of help is a good idea to help them keep a little bit healthier now somebody's on about a hamster here saying uh, uh, how lazy is too lazy for a 
hamster. Wilson is his name. Is in fact just lady. We tried the ball, the wheel, the stick to try and get okay. him active. So are hamsters naturally well, naturally they're, they're they're nocturnal. So I mean, they tend not to do a huge amount until the night time. So probably if you try and get him to do stuff during the day, he's not going to be that keen. Um, I mean, I would just question: Is he otherwise healthy? So is he eating and drinking okay? Is he pooing and peeing okay? If he is, then presumably that's just his demeanour and that's what he's like but normally they will have periods of activity so I would you know, first of all just check you know is everything else alright and if not then I would pop along to your vet in case there's a problem with him if everything else is fine so if poos and peas are normal if he's eating and drinking then I would still be expecting him to have some periods of activity at least during the night time so maybe yeah. you're just looking at him at the wrong time of day That message has come from Bristol in the UK and they just say on it can't be too many people listening to LMFM in Bristol this mm. afternoon with a question for Sinead Kelly no you're dead right there it's the Jacksons I think is the surname of the family name there. Lovely to hear That's from lovely you. lovely that someone's yeah, listening, listening in Bristol. That's Bristol really nice. this afternoon and, and, and Meath people as well. Thank you. So there you are. It is knocked. You'll have to get up in the middle of the night when the hamster's off there yeah. and if, if you want engagement, really. Here's more for you, Sinead. Um, Sinead, I recently got my daughter a goldfish. How much do they need to be fed? How often does the tank need to be cleaned out, says Tom and Okay, Navin. yeah. Well, again, what you know, goldfish are pretty specialised. I mean, if you have a look on... Hopefully you've been and bought the, the goldfish from a reputable place. Um, you'll need to literally check on whatever food you have. It'll say on the side of the, the food pack how often to feed the goldfish, so stick with that. Um, make sure you know exactly what type of goldfish it is. Uh, cleaning out the tank. I think you need to clean out the tank uh, on a regular basis, but again, I wouldn't know off the top of my head. You'll need to check with the people who manufacture the tank because it'll depend on their kind of filtering mechanisms and what's going on in the tank so I would get a good deal of information from the from the place where you bought the, where mm. you bought the fish They're temperamental I know this myself They're Years very ago, difficult to look after You can overfeed them very yeah, easy Yeah, it's very you? easy to overfeed them Yeah, yeah. and uh, definitely you need to get the tank clean but I'm not sure off the top of my head how often that is so I think you need to go back to where you bought the tank and check, check about that Cat, uh, our cat's gone missing since the storm last week. Was there a storm? Sorry, I'm only, uh, I only jest there. I know there was a storm here in Ireland last week. He comes and goes okay. on a regular basis, but this is the longest absence there's ever been. Okay, okay. Well, I would contact all the local vets and just put up a little notice in the notice board just to say that you lost your cat with a little picture of him. Um, contact the different uh, cat rescue organisations just in case um, he's been found and handed in. And don't give up hope. I mean, sometimes they do just go disappearing for a while and they do come back again. But definitely contact all the vets and the rescue organisations and see he might turn up and you might find him. Sinead, is it normal for a budgie to bite? My granddaughter was oh, visiting gosh, last yes. week and she got a nip from our budgie. He's never bitten before. Also, could you tell me, he's very long la- nails. Is there anything I should yeah, do? Yeah, your vet can clip the nails, so that's not a problem at all. So, number one, it is normal for them to bite. So, anybody, any of us will know who try and handle a budgie that the first thing they'll try and do is they'll try and explore the world through their beak and they will bite, uh, bite and it is very, very painful. So, yeah. So, it's nothing personal it's not bad behaviour it's just budgie behaviour at the end of the day budgies are essentially although we have them as cage birds essentially budgie regards are wild birds that we've produ- you know, turned into being domestic pets so and definitely have a chat with your vet you can get an appointment to get the, the, the budgie's claws clipped Another one from Margaret. She has a Westie. He started getting up stuff like sudsy water. Do you know what I mean? Started drinking sudsy water. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll tell you what it is. Sorry, I beg your pardon, Margaret. I've read it wrong. He's spewing up stuff that appears like sudsy water. Okay. He needs to go to the vet. If he's vomiting, vomiting kind of froth and things like that, then his tummy sounds inflamed and upset. He needs to go to the vet and get that investigated and see what's going on with that. That could be lots of different things. Okay. Maybe just time for one more for, for 
yeah. And, and this is relating maybe even back to the food and the ageing of a dog, dog as well. Jerry, can you just ask Sinead this afternoon, is it similar to humans for dogs that they need to uh, be kept in good health as they go along with their food and their exercise and everything else? It's a parallel, I take oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, no, definitely, you need to keep up. I mean, they, they get old the same way that we get old, although obviously they, they, get old, they age at a more rapid rate. But yes, you need to, as they get older, maybe you do need to watch the exercise a little bit so that you don't overtire them. As I say, definitely look for a food that's appropriate to, to your dog. Um, but definitely they'll have different life stages. And as I say, they tend to regard seven plus as the beginnings of getting elderly. Uh, I suppose you, you're probably looking at that's kind of late middle age, early old age. So so definitely you need to look at the different so life stages. So seven is the, is the key number yeah, with dogs. Yeah, seven seems to be the key number for, for uh, becoming a more senior member of, of, uh, of the population. Yeah, and I know what that person's getting at there, that you have to be cognizant of this and that food and exercise, yeah, it, it all absolutely. changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, things can change and they just slow yeah. down a little bit and need a bit more help, maybe more prone to arthritis, so maybe need a wee trip to the vet. A lot of vets as well will offer senior clinics or geriatric clinics whereby they'll do a health check and then they'll maybe advise doing some little blood tests just to check liver and kidneys and things like that are okay. So have a chat with your vet. Okay, that person who was looking for a small dog or pup was back to say they rang one of the locals and just didn't get an answer. I think some of them you would do have to leave a message. Yeah, as well obviously to check the, re- the rescue organisations, the local ones, are run by volunteers. So really, they are working flat out. Often they're out on rescues, out on calls when you phone. So most of them, if you leave a message, if you do a direct message via Facebook or leave a phone message, they'll get back to you or text them. Organisations like the Dogs Trust and the ISPCA um, will have office hours at least, and you can get in touch with them, and you can go and see dogs and, and see exactly what they've got, and, and uh, hopefully find the the, the dog. Yeah, we'll come back to you. We will give you a handout on that one. We'll pass on numbers to you after the show. I promise you that. You sent your number into us there and we'll do that for you. Sinead, the time flies by, doesn't it, when this woman is here answering the questions. Thank you so much for joining us again. Please, God, we'll see you next month. See you next month. Thanks, Sinead. Thanks, Million. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Don't have to remind you, just switch on your news, listen to the radio any day, read a newspaper, go online and you'll see it all over the world. Human rights being breached or denied, corruption endemic in many, many countries. It's not safe to go about your daily business. And yet there are people, brave people all over the world who stand up to corruption, who stand up to governments, who sponsor some of this corruption as well. But did you know there's an organisation called Frontline Defenders who were founded in Dublin in 2001 who do marvellous work in this area and we're going to hear about it now because I'm joined by Jim Loughran. He's head of the Memorial Project with Frontline Defenders. Jim, you're very welcome to the show. Good afternoon, glad to be here. Not at all. It's great to see you on the show. Just, you know, I give a feel for it there, founded in Dublin, a little bit of what it does. Hmm. Explain a little bit more for listeners, would you? Well, um, Frontline Defenders was founded by Irish woman Mary Lawler. And she had been director of the Irish section of Amnesty International for about 15 years. And in that time, she had taken part in many campaigns She had travelled to countries all over the world. And gradually, she became persuaded that really, if there was one thing you, that she could do that would make a difference, that would help people, it would be to protect human rights defenders. And the reason for that is 
when, as you mentioned, you know, you look at a situation, whether it's in Cambodia or whether it's in South America, and you see people being brutalized, and, and how can you change it? Well, you can't really parachute change in. The only way you can really bring about change is by helping the people on the ground who are trying to work uh, to change their own societies, to create more just and equal societies. And that's why Frontline Defenders was set up, to help the security and protection of human rights defenders at risk. How bad is it round this globe? You know, I get the impression from what I take on board every day, Jim, is that the situation seems to be disimproving rather than improving. I think one of the big challenges for us is that, you know, going back five, six, seven years ago, things like torture were just considered taboo. Now you have governments justifying the use of torture. Now that they can put people in concentration camps again, uh, we're seeing people rounded up, arrested, detained. Um, And for example, one of the things that the frontline defenders initiated is that every year now we publish a list of human rights defenders who have been killed. Uh, And last year, for example, we documented 312 killings. And already this year, we are at over 200. So it looks as though that figure will be even higher this year. And I think it's very important to make clear that these are not random killings. They are not accident accidents. They're not, you know, it's not a terrorist attack. These, uh, This is when governments or their allies or rich and powerful people decide to target and silence courageous people who want to change the injustice in their society. What are they standing up for examples? Well, Uh, Just a few weeks ago, I was in Guatemala and the reason uh, I was invited to go on a delegation to Guatemala was because already there had been 19 human rights defenders killed that year. Most of these are, it's important to explain, you can make these situations either very complicated or very simple. But as, as someone in Guatemala explained to me, Guatemala never had a war of independence. You know, 150 years ago, they just signed an agreement. The governor of Guatemala became the first president. The 10 families who owned everything remained in place and they're still there. So if you go to Guatemala today, they will say, oh, well, it's like they're Fernandez. They own cement and building. Uh, These people control farming. Somebody else controls media. Their cousins are in the army. Um, They decide who gets uh, elected to Congress. They own everything. 74% of the land of Guatemala is owned by 6% of the population. And even though their GDP has doubled in the last 10 years, 49% of the children of Guatemala are stunted because of malnutrition. Isn't that a shocking thought to take in? You know, it's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. You you go to a... I've been in a village where these people have been forced off their land four times because you have these these huge estates, like one man in a farm had 3,000 acres. He owns three farms. And they're they're bringing in rubber and sugar cane. They pump pesticides into them. And there was a we were sitting there listening to the stories of the villagers, and they said we've been abandoned by the state. They don't listen to us. They don't care about us. This is an indigenous community. Uh, they're in an isolated area. And this, a woman described Doña Juana described how her husband was shot dead. He went out to buy food for the family, and three hours later, um, he was found dead on the side of the 
road. So he if you be... stand up, if you make a stand, if you try to defend, you get a if you go against these people, be they business interests yes. or government in a lot of places, this is the way. This they is kill the you. way. And already, I was there three weeks ago and 19 human rights defenders have been killed. It's now 21. Uh, just this weekend, a woman called uh, Juana Ramirez. She was an indigenous woman, a leader of her community and a midwife. And she was walking down the street and she was shot dead. Because she stood up because for something she, she believed up, in. She represented the rights of the indigenous people, their right to the land. It's a bit like if you if you go back to Irish history and the landlords in the 19th century um, evicting people off the land because they want a big estate where they can graze cattle or they can graze sheep. In the case of countries like Guatemala, um, it is the case that they have these huge plantations um, that stretch to the horizon um, and, and the people are totally excluded. But it's and you can say, for example, in terms of corruption, corruption is the cornerstone of this pyramid of repression. Um, every one in five members of the Guatemalan Congress is under investigation for corruption. In in Brazil, for example, one third of congressmen, one third of senators and two former presidents are, um, are being... Uh, are facing charges for corruption. So it's people who they have vast resources and they don't want to share it. And when people stand up and defend their rights, they see them as a threat and they try and eliminate them. So back to you and frontline defenders. You mentioned you can't parachute anything in or change it today or tomorrow. What do you do? How can you, uh, you know, elicit change? Well, the first thing we do is we listen. We talk to the human rights defenders themselves and we say to them, what do you think needs to happen? Uh, how can we support what you are doing? But the big thing is, how do you keep these people alive so they can continue their work? So we have, for example, a system called Security Grants Programme. So many journalists are attacked. Say you're getting death threats because you're an investigative journalist and you're exposing corruption or malpractice by the government. We might give you bulletproof glass for your house or your car. We might train your office here in security. We might give you a CCT uh, camera so you can uh, monitor who's coming out of the building. We might train your staff in digital security so that you can avoid being hacked and and your sensitive data being stolen. It's about helping you to stay safe so that you can continue the work. So it's practical. It's practical. I mean, we're not duplicating what organisations like Amnesty, the wonderful work that Amnesty and Human Rights Watch do. Uh, We are very much a Nice organisation and it's, it's how can we do something that will make a difference. Can we contemplate, as we sit here in Ireland, how well off we are? Now, we have our own corruption and we know about it. And, you know, there's uh, lots of things happen in this country that are absolutely and totally wrong. But... Are we way better off than some of these countries you mentioned? You mentioned Guatemala, their Brazil and their ilk. Well, as one person said to me, he said, who had been to Ireland, he said, you, you Irish people don't realise that they live in a paradise. He said, I am from Sao Paulo. If I, go, I can't go out on the street at night. If, I, if you wear a watch or you have nice clothes or you have a mobile phone, you'll be robbed. Uh, it'll be stolen from you. Um, whereas here in Ireland, despite all the many problems and the challenges that we face, um, you can still go about your normal life largely. Whereas in many of these countries, um, the numbers are, are just frightening. Um, 
I recently, we have a partner for, we have this project called the Memorial Project, in which we're trying to document all the human rights defenders who have been killed. Uh, women like Berta Catheres, an inspiring Indigenous leader and environmental defender who was defending her community and she was shot dead. Where was she from? She was from Honduras. And finally, because it got so much international publicity, there has been an investigation and eight people have been charged um, and the trial is going on as we speak. But it's very rare that uh, investigations reach this level and it was purely because she had got a lot of international profile. She was the recipient of the Goldman International Prize and therefore she had recognition and when she was killed, it caused a huge uproar. But in many cases, there are human rights defenders community leaders from small villages, they're in remote areas and most people never even hear about them. It's a, a, a ferocious situation, you know, in many, many places around the world. But you you believe and, and you see and you've been out there on the ground. What you're doing it will ultimately make a difference. Well, uh, we were listening, as I said, we went to Guatemala, we were listening to some of the indigenous communities and one man said, they have taken everything from us, even our fear. So we have lost so much that they can't take any more and we will continue the struggle. So you, we went to a meeting where there were 500 people, between five and 700 people in a, in a local hall. Every one of those people said they were either had been evicted from their land or they were facing eviction from their land. Um, and that they And they said, for example... No one in our country listens to us and the fact that you as part of an international delegation are here means so much. But every one of them is determined to defend their rights because it's the future of their children. One woman that I spoke to, she has lost three children because of chemical poisoning because the big farmers spray the crops with these very powerful pesticides. And then when they go out to harvest it um, or before harvest, they spray them again they go out to spray them from small plains, but they also contaminate the fruit and the vegetables and the fish that these communities live on. And this woman, three of her children died because of toxic poisoning. And she, the, the, the little one, a baby of 30 days, survived because she was still breastfeeding it. So these are people who have nothing um, and all they're doing is trying to campaign for their rights. And for that, they are targeted and declared enemies of the state. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Jim Lochran is with us today talking about what's happening elsewhere in the world, the frightful, terrible situations that people are living under. But there are people, and it was founded here in Ireland in 2001 from frontline defenders who are working on the ground. More from Jim after the break. Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Jim Lochran's with me on Late Lunch from Frontline Defenders and we're talking about very brave people all around the world who stand against corruption in their countries and many of them give of their lives and the work that Frontline Defenders and Irish organisation are doing to help. Jim, just as another example, you know, you've uh, touched on Guatemala where you've been lately, you mentioned Brazil there as well. 
Uh, you wanted to talk uh, for a moment about the Philippines because there are big links between Ireland both ways with the Philippines. Yes, um, while there are a lot of killings uh, and attacks on human rights defenders across the Americas, outside of the Americas, the Philippines is the country with the highest number of killings uh, outside the Americas. So 60 people were killed last year for defending the rights of, of their communities. And I think one of the thing, one of the issues that's coming more and more to the fore now is that a very high number of people who are attacked are defending the environment, uh, they're defending uh, the rights of indigenous people or the right to land. And in many ways, it echoes our own history of uh, of fighting for the land and, and ownership of the land going back generations in Ireland. Um, and we see there uh, in the Philippines, um, the people who are particularly under attack are in Mindanao in the south. Um, and one of the reasons is because these areas are very rich in gold and gas and oil. And this is land, this is on land that is occupied by indigenous peoples. It's their territorial land. They've been there thousands and thousands of years. But also it's de- it's legally demarcated as indigenous territory. Okay. So what the government wants to do is change the regulation. Duterte said to people, prepare yourselves for relocation. Eventually I'll give you something, but now get ready to go. And following that, there have been a wave of attacks on community leaders. Um, and it's to make the way for getting access to the gas and the gold um, that's under this land. And you'd have to say, not for the greater good all of this. I know there's an economy in the Philippines, is it? Or is it to further, you mentioned his name there, the leader and, 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 and government. Who is that for? What's the aim? Is it theirs? Well, that is one of the problems is because uh, human rights defenders are very often presented as being anti-development. Yes. That, you know, the, the president will say, we have to have a modern economy. We have to change the country. We have to new, we have to use the resources of the country for the benefit of everyone. But the reality is that the benefits go into the pockets of a very small group of people. These tend to be people who own huge areas of land. Uh, they control the investment. They control the media. So they can't, you can't, it's difficult to expose what's going on. Um, and they run the show. And, and they are the people who really, uh, being the extreme example of that was Imelda Marcos and her 3,000 pairs of shoes. Um, but that's just, you know, while it's slightly absurd and, and funny almost, the reality is that you have people who have wealth that we can't imagine, but it's wealth on the backs of the poor, a small and farmers and they don't want to share. Is dictatorship synonymous with these ills? It's very much part of the equation. You see... um, I think and almost uh, we recently published a report called Stop the Killings. And that looks at the situation in six countries, Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Honduras, Guatemala and the Philippines. Broadly, you're seeing the same scenario where power is managed by elites who control the money, who control the media, who control the flow of information. They have a very large share of the wealth of the country and they're not going to give it up easily. Um, So they manipulate the financial institutions. They ship their money out of the country. These people um, don't live often in the country. They go shopping in Miami or they come to London or or um, or they shift their money out of the country. And that's maybe something that we as members of an international 
international financial institution. You know, the EU, um, we, we've heard stories about uh, Russian oligarchs shipping their money through um, through London. But these people could not manage and hold on to their money without the collusion of the international financial institutions. So if someone wants to ship um, half a billion dollars uh, out of the country, they can only do that if people in, in the banks and uh, and financial institutions help them. So they are collaborators? They are collaborating. They're saying, we don't really care where the money comes from, um, but um, as long as you pay us uh, big enough fees, we're happy to go along. We won't ask too many questions. So those countries you mentioned may have parliaments and they meet and they try to operate what looks like a, a democracy, but it's far from the case, you're saying? Well... Just to give, to go back to Guatemala, for example, when we met there recently, we met uh, a senior UN official. And this person said to us, you have to realise that um, Guatemala is a society built on exclusion. And a week later, at the very last meeting, we were meeting the, all the UN delegations. And someone from the UN said, Guatemala was constructed in such a way that even the government can't really change the situation. Because the real power is with the 10 families, it's with the army, um, and it's with the financial institutions that run the show. The government is there as a kind of a, uh, a charade mm. to convince people. And one of the reasons, for example, that Guatemala doesn't get a lot of attention is because unlike Venezuela, unlike Nicaragua, it hasn't exploded. Mm. Do you ever feel at times that, you know, with what you do and all you face and those debts continuing and what you're up against, that... It's futile. No, because the, you meet some of the most inspiring people in the world, the, the people of great courage and conviction. And I think sometimes people think that when you work for a human rights organisation, it's doom and gloom all the time. But the people we work with, they, they believe in life. They want to build a better future. They enjoy life. They enjoy fun and good times and enjoying meals with their families. But that's what they want to share and they want to build that. So uh, for me, it's a privilege when we go on mission and we meet human rights defenders. Like there's a woman I met in called Iduvina in, in Guatemala and she's there day in, day out, uh, working with communities, uh, going out into the villages, recording what's going on, telling the story. And, and she says, we will never give up. So... We don't have the privilege of giving up because we live a very privileged life. Jim, never do. And uh, frontline defenders, all of you, I wish you well and keep up the great work around the world because it, it is so important never, never to let them win. Thank you so much for joining Not me at all. on Late Lunch Day. Nice pleasure. to meet you. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Rider, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance. Thank you, Paddy Fitzsimons, for the lovely card you sent us. Paddy, one of our lovely guests on Late Lunch recently. It's gone up on the thank you card uh, display that we have upstairs in the office and lovely words in it. I really appreciated Paddy and I really enjoyed our interview on the show. The Dock Railway Heritage Society present a lecture on the Great Northern Railway and its closure by Charles Freel and an exhibition of photographs of the workers and Dundalk Railway Works. It's 60 years since its closure in 1958 and it's happening this coming Saturday 
Saturday the 29th of September at 3 o'clock in the Oriel Centre, Old Jail, Carrick Road, Dundalk. Admission is free, donations accepted if you'd like to support them there and tea and coffee will be served. And thanks to my good friend Des Casey uh, for sending me that information. So it'll be a great day there, I promise you, on this Saturday the 29th of September, 3 o'clock in the Oriel Centre. It's free, the history of the Great Northern Railway and its closure and Charles Freel, brilliant man, will deliver the lecturer there. A message to late lunch, 60 people killed in the Philippines. Yes, we were talking to Jim Loughran just before news at three. It's horrendous. But don't forget those being slaughtered in Palestine, says a listener today. Yes, it's a shocking situation out there. What about Iraq and the children being bombed out there in the final push against IS? The Rohingya people in Myanmar. What's going on in Sudan at the moment? My God, you could just keep going and going. But thanks indeed for your message there. And we remember them all today. And can just pray and hope that people, good people, keep working for peace in this world. It seems a forlorn uh, um, dream at this stage, but you just have to keep going, as I was saying to Jim there a little bit earlier on. I admire all the people who work in uh, in this area and trying to help people who are in a desperate plight. Uh, As we sit here today in the comfort of this studio and as we listen uh, on radio this afternoon, let me remind you there's still time. There is, Sinead. There's just about time, isn't there, to to get into the great dream wedding giveaway which Thanks is increasingly popular as days oh, go by poor Sinead's day <laughs> I have a thought for my poor Sinead I said Sinead will you start printing off all them entries there's hundreds of them there's hundreds of pages entries in for the wedding competition and I promise you we promise everybody we're going through all of them and uh, you know the drill here we're going to pick a final five and we're going to announce the first finalist on Wednesday this week and then we'll finish next Tuesday and the finale is in the wonderful beautiful village hotel on Saturday week when we'll be there live with late lunch with the five so, of you. as well as me printing out all that stuff you're <laughs> going to make me work on a Saturday. Ah, so you know yourself. No, I need to have to turn What does Saturday, Sundays, Monday, Tuesdays mean in Radio Land? You know that. It's never work. Uh, I'm joking. I'm nah, joking. We know that. Work. Will I read a couple of the messages? That, yeah, should we yeah, read a couple of the messages that we've got here from people uh, telling us why they deserve to win the prize? And there's still time to enter, folks. You just go on, Sinead, to the LMFM front Website, page. Yep. The, the form is there. You fill it out. You click on it and send it in to us. You still have time to get in. But here's some of the uh, messages we've been, uh, been getting from you. I'm recovering from a stroke which I took a year and a half ago and we were planning our wedding at the time and now everything is on hold. I would love to win this for my partner who's supporting me through this very difficult time and is still supporting me every day. We've been engaged for 10 years. I think it's important now that I do something for her. Isn't that a, a lovely a message lovely there? Message. Uh, I've been with my fiancé 14 years, engaged for two. We've recently started to build our dream home, so the savings are all tied up. We would be over the moon to have this chance. It really would be the icing on the cake for the two of us. Love that one there as well. Um, my sister-in-law has been waiting 15 years to get Whoa. engaged. My God, that's a long time. Long time. She's finally engaged. Woohoo! She is finally engaged. Does that mean that he's, uh, he took that long well, to propose? Uh, we're not sure there. But listen to this. She's working in a jeweller's attending to other engaged and uh. married couples. She has now got to wait another few years to save up the money to have a wedding. She'd love to have children and the time is ticking by very quickly. I'd love so much for her to win. She's been through a lot and I wouldn't like to tell you everything about her but there's loads. And again, they say she deserves it more than anybody else. I'm sure she does. Another one, my nephew and his 
fiancé uh, deserve to win this because they've been through a lot of heartache together over the past couple of years. They've two wonderful children together and want to affirm their love by getting married. But the children come first, so saving for the wedding is a slow, slow process. We are a large, close-knit family and would love to see them win this prize. Best of luck to you as well. And one more there. Uh, my fiancé of 10 years is my best friend, rock and soulmate. The best mother to our seven-year-old son. She holds our family together. We, uh, as a family, have had quite a bad year. Uh, the landlord sold our house that we rented. We've had to move back with our parents. And uh, my partner's dad sadly passed away a, a month ago just from cancer. So nothing would make our family happier to win this competition and get married and put some happiness back into our lives. Thank you. Oh, my uh, word. That's the something messages, else, isn't it? And the messages go on. But I promise you, we have a panel of three that are going to sit, consider them all. And in our estimation, that's the way the competition works. We're going to start picking the finalists, which will bring you to you from Wednesday on late lunch. But there's still time if you want to win a dream reading. I just want to tell you that there is still time if you want to get in there. Go on to lmfm.ie, the uh, page, the entry is there on the page get it into us and you'll be in the mix as well and Jerry, just so people know there is a maximum of 500 words so just yeah. if people were having <laughs> difficulty it could be that you're, you've got too many words in there maybe yeah. that's what it is So we, we've seen that at times yeah. and the other thing is it, it, it just recommending somebody is not enough either you need to tell us why, why? Yeah. they yeah. or you should win this wedding so let us know keep the entries coming to us oh we're getting all excited we're getting near the witch an hour now but before all that we have our final break to take this Monday afternoon listen to this I'll tee it up for you a Meath pub is offering a free pint of Guinness to customers who relinquish their mobile phones hear more in a moment The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault dealer of the year offering a new standard in used cars with Renault selection each model comes with fully serviced full vehicle health check and delivered with industry leading standards of two years warranty two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance I want to say big hello this afternoon to Damien Clark, who's in on Uv Navin in County Mead. Hello, Damien. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? Thanks uh, for joining me. I'm very well. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, tell us about this uh, initiative that you've kicked off in Clark's there. A free pint. Yeah, here on Peter Clark's, uh, we're giving away a free pint uh, if you come in and put your phone away. We want we want to bring back the, the group chat. Instead of group chat on the phone, we want a group chat in the pub. Um. There's just too many people coming in now and, and they're ordering a pint and they're just on the phone and they're looking through their social media, they're looking through their emails, they're constantly on the phone. So we want, we want to bring back the old atmosphere back to the pub um, and we're giving away a free pint just to put away your phone and you get a free pint. Damien, I absolutely love this and I applaud you for it as well. Now, you've been in the bar trade for a few years. Is, it, is this an epidemic now with people just not interacting? They're not interacting, Jerry. Especially the younger generation. Mm. Um, they just—it's—it's it's all on the phone. They're—they're they're scrolling. They're up and down. They're—they're they're looking for chargers. They're looking. The—the the, the most common question I get asked when when people walk in is, "What's the Wi-Fi code?" <laughs> so I'm actually going to turn my Wi-Fi off now for a few weeks and, and just see, try and get people. You know, you, you have to talk to me first. Yeah, oh, Damien, I love it. You're you're a sound man, I have to say. Like I don't understand it myself, but it it is you know the younger generation. It is life today, and I, I say use the word there. It is an epidemic. If you go into a place and look round, but Damien, come on, what what do we go out for? Don't we go out to socialise, to 
interact, yeah. to talk, don't Absolutely. we? Isn't that it? Absolutely, yeah. And the most important thing in a pub, Jerry, is atmosphere. Mm. And without, without chatting to people, you've no atmosphere. So, you know, the, the pub needs atmosphere. It needs customers engaging with each other, having the chat, having talking about football, talking about various different things. But, you know, not on your phone. Get off your phone for just a couple of hours every day. Get off your phone and, and, and relax. No. You've been at this how long? You started this a couple of weeks ago. What's the reaction been? Oh, it's been absolutely massive. Um, everybody is loving it. You know, especially the free pint, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, not everyone is really behind it. I think it's a, it's a great idea. And um, the, I'm going to roll it out for more nights as well. Maybe Champions League nights. And, you know, that instead, of, instead of looking at the television and every five minutes you're checking for another score or you're mm. checking your phone, put your phone away, enjoy the game. And you get a point. Mm, I, I, I think it's it's a brilliant move by you. Do you worry by turning the Wi-Fi code off, you might turn the younger crowd away? No, I don't think so. I think I I, I think that they'll engage into it as well. I think um, you know they know nothing else, so we kind of have to just show them the way. I think I think they'll engage into it. I, I know for people of an age, and I, I meet a group of lads each week on the Wednesday, and there's never a phone in the equation. Well, look, at maybe to settle an argument now and again, but I mean, it's real conversation, Damien. That's what we go out to, to chat, to debate, to fight, to argue, you know, the usual. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat that in a pub, Jerry. It's, it's you know, when when you get four or five lads talking about the same thing and and arguing with this, that and the other, it's, it's fantastic. And that's yeah. what the pub is all about. That's the essence of it. And you really do believe that that is being lost? Oh, it, it has been lost in the, in the last while, yeah, right. definitely. The younger generation, they, they don't know how to communicate with each other. Mm. It's, it's, it's through the phone they communicate. Mm. So you heads know? down, no conversation. God, I'm just thinking about it. Wouldn't public houses become very quiet places? Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, a lot of these public houses now, you know, it's, it's, it's just, they're... they're there's the venues more so than a, a local pub, you know, and yeah. and people are going, they're listening to loud music and all that. Bring back just the guys along the counter having a chat. Um, and I think this initiative will definitely help that. So do you ask them to switch off or give you the phone or put it aside? What? I, I have um, what you call uh, phone stacks. So they actually leave the phone on the counter and they can stack them up on top of each other and they, they can't touch them for two hours. Right, so that's the, the requirement. You must yeah. do that. And you started on a Friday night, and is this running each Friday in P. Clark's every, in Navin? Every Friday in P. Clark's, yeah. From from 5 o'clock till 9 o'clock. We're, we're, we're bringing it in. Yeah. And um, it's it's really, I don't know, Friday evenings mostly to get the, the people just after work. Yeah. You know, where they need to re- relax mm-hmm. a bit, not look at their emails and just chill out for a few hours. And it, they've really engaged in it, and, and they're really loving it, yeah. I think it's great. Get talking again, get debating, get interacting with people and off that, because it is addictive. Oh, my God, it is one of the most addictive things you can uh, really uh, get sucked into. Um, just before I leave you, I know you're a massive follower of the Irish soccer team. It's right. dark days. Dark days, Jerry. I'm really, I've just re- renewed our season tickets there, and... and um, Oh my God, it's 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 tough to look at at the mm. moment. Would you really think uh, O'Neill and Keane have run the race? I think I think they're on borrowed time. To be honest with you, I think they're. The scenes have lost the dressing room, and the scenes have just things got tired, or just things have just 
gone stale. Mm. Mm. I think uh-huh. the defeat that time in the playoff with Denmark, I think that was probably the time to move on and fresh faces. Yeah. It was a bad night that night, bad day at the office. I was there myself. I'll tell you one thing, it's one of the lowest points altogether. Anyway, I think a change is as good as a rest, isn't it? And it might just freshen it up again and and, and get her moving. Badly needs to be done. Anyway, that's only an aside. Anyway, Pete Clark's Friday night is the place to be. Switch off your phone. Knock off that Wi-Fi. Good on you, Damien. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. Appreciate it. Take care of yourself. There you go. We get talking again, we get debating, we get arguing, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, put that phone away. Anyway, we're going to go away for uh, Monday and uh, get ready for Tuesday and beyond. But we'll leave you in the company of Mr. Robbie Williams and Rock DJ. See you tomorrow, half one. Me with the floor show, kicking with your torso. Boys getting high and the girls even more so. The Late Lunch with Blackstay Motors Drada, Renault Dealer of the Year. Offering a new standard in used cars with Renault Selection. Each model comes with fully serviced, full vehicle health check and delivered with industry-leading standards of two years warranty, two years breakdown assistance and low APR finance.